You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's all happening. It's all going down. The trade we've been anticipating since possibly last summer, maybe even before then, it's finally happened. Jacob Chikrin is now a member of the Ottawa Senators. We're going to talk about it all. But in the meantime, thank you all so much for tuning in to this emergency podcast edition of the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters. We'll be hearing from Craig Morgan shortly, who is out there trying to get a hold of Jacob Chikrin as we speak. But PD, it, the deal is done. Um, we've been kind of waiting for this. And uh, Jacob Chikrin is now a member of the Ottawa Senators. What are your initial reactions? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that Bill was able to get this done for the ask that he's been asking for all along. And he's looking for a first-round pick. And you started to see first-round picks um, going away in this in this crazy up frenzy leading up to the trade deadline on Friday. So you wondered if anybody had one left. And then you started looking at the teams that are uh, maybe fringe teams. You'll talk about Columbus. You talked about Pittsburgh. Ottawa's name clearly came up. Um, it's interesting for me. I, it's great for Bill. Bill got a first round pick. He's got a conditional second round pick. So he gets three draft picks coming back to the Coyotes. And we'll talk more about what the actual trade is here in a little bit. It's interesting to me is, is Ottawa and, and what their plan is. Because this is a team that's not going to be, well, you, you don't say never making the playoffs. Because they're five points out. As of right now, tonight, they're out of five points out of a playoff spot. Is this enough that they can close this gap in 2020 games? I don't I don't know. But for Ottawa, this is the team that we talked a lot about over in the summer that was close. That they're getting, you know, it's Stutzla and Kachuk and Shabbat. And this team is young. They're built in their 20s. They're about three years ahead of where the Coyotes were. Um, in their rebuild. So I think this is more of a future move for Ottawa than a this year, let's make the playoffs move. This is next year. It's the year after that we see. I'm sure they're looking at the windows of all of these teams. Pittsburgh, Washington are starting to close. You, you look at some of these teams, even Tampa, you know, their window is starting to close. So by the time they're three years into the future, they're ready to start winning along with Buffalo Sabres. So I think it's a great, great signing by Ottawa. I'm curious to see what Craig says is Jacob Chikrin's response. 
Yeah, absolutely. So just to go over the trade specificity, uh, specific, I can't even speak. Specifics of the trade. How about Specifics. that? How's that? Okay. We're all we're all processing this live. Um, so the deal was the Senators acquired Jacob Chikrin from the Coyotes in exchange for a conditional first round draft pick in 2023, a conditional second round pick in 2024, which was previously acquired from the Washington Capitals, and a second round pick in 2026. The conditions are the 23 first round pick is top five protected if met the pick becomes a 2024 first round unprotected pick additionally should the senators become reach the 2023 eastern conference finals the second round pick becomes a 2024 first round top 10 protected and if that condition is met the pick becomes a 2025 first round unprotected sure the conditions on this and all the trades that we've seen this week have been crazy. But just to put it in in a bow, the Coyotes got a first-round pick, and that is what they've wanted. Yeah, and, and this is a player that had to move. And I, and I think this is the, the, the biggest takeaway for me is Jacob Chickren has been sitting in neutral for weeks now, and this is a move that had to happen before the trade deadline because if you're looking at Friday and Saturday morning, Jacob Chickering is still a coyote. You've got a problem and, and you don't want to have a problem. You want to have a first round draft pick. And now they have that. I don't know when 23, four, five, six, I, what, whatever the conditions are all met, but they're going to get a first round pick out of this. So yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a win for the coyotes on a player that they needed to move. I, I know he was always talking about two firsts or a first and equivalent first. And so now you're looking at a first and a second, um, so I, I think Bill by holding out, got what he was asking for Chikrin. I, I think what he said in his opening press conference of the year was, I want to go to a winner is, 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 is does this qualify? Are the Ottawa senators a winner right now? And the answer to me is right now. No, I mean, you, you saw how the Eastern conference stacked up. Here's the reality. Even if Ottawa sneaks in, they're going to sneak in in eighth and that's best best base scenario and they're jumping over three teams to get there and they get the last wild card spot in the east and guess what you open up on the road to boston it's not ideal so this this isn't a for today move for ottawa it's a for tomorrow but i want to know what chickren's thinking is this what he thought of when i want to go win is this the plan um is ottawa one of his preferred destinations um you know craig has often talked about him having a cabin or a cottage as you Canadians like to say, nearby. Um, and he has trained near Ottawa f- before in the past. So he does have friends, family in that area. So maybe, maybe this is great. Maybe this is the move he wanted. It's it's a lot younger, faster team that's on the rise and they want to win. So maybe it's, a, maybe it's good for all three parties. Not to disparage the city of Columbus or the Columbus Blue Jackets, but you have to imagine that after hearing his name in talks with being traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets, going to Ottawa, would be maybe a little bit of a relief. Columbus is a bottom team, much like Arizona. His situation wouldn't have changed, whereas at least with Ottawa, they're in that fringe position. They're a bubble team. And if not, they could very much, you know, be in a squarely in a playoff position maybe next season. We'll see. I think Craig has mentioned, like you said, that, you know, this is a team that he was interested in, I think, even last summer. Um, so I don't, I'm not going to, begin to presume what Jacob Chikrin's thoughts are because we'll wait to hear from Craig if he does reach him. But at this point, I just, I just 
the first feeling I felt, PD, was relief because this has just been hanging over us for so long. And I'm almost just like, I'm just glad it's done. I don't even, they got the first round pick. I see a lot of comments of people upset about the return. We can talk more about that in a second, but my overwhelming reaction is a feeling of relief. Yeah. And I think it is probably for Bill and his staff too, that it's, it's a sense of relief that they can move on from this asset. And the, the, the biggest part, when we, we, you, you talk about the return, you needed to move the player. It, it was, it's becoming more of a distraction than a, than a benefit. Um, who knows what those picks are going to turn into, but you, you're potentially getting more players now that are going to be here when you get through this rebuild. And I think that's going to be important for this franchise. This, they needed to part ways. I, I don't think there's any two ways about it. I think it was a distraction. It, it was a distraction for us on our show. Can you imagine in the locker room what that must have yeah. been like? What a distraction it was. So I hope everybody ends up happy out of this deal. I hope Jacob goes, this is what I was looking for and this is what I want. And, and everything is happy for everybody because I, I do think this is an outcome, although they might have wanted to first out of this deal. The, the reality is the longer you waited and you saw what other guys were getting, you can see, well, our, our price should demand more. But the problem is the teams that have those assets to give up are starting to diminish. And that was where the it's, it's a tough balance because you saw you saw what Edmonton did and you saw them give up first and Toronto give up first. They don't have any assets and draft picks to give out anymore. So now you're really limited to just a few teams and. Honestly, it got to the point where I think Bill made the best deal he possibly could, and I think it's a good deal for the Coyotes. Again, that will be TBD, all of these draft picks, who you pick, how you pick them, and how you develop them. In five years when we're doing a Trade Talk Tuesday, looking back at what the Coyotes got. Um, Chris Johnston uh, reported on Twitter, so the Coyotes did not retain any salary on Jacob Chikrin Chikrin in this trade with Ottawa, which was reflected in the acquisition cost. He said the Sens held out for a better deal and got one. And Craig quote tweeted and said, and I suspected and reported multiple times that this might impact Bill Armstrong's ability to make the deal he wanted. This is something Craig talked about on last night's postgame show, just in terms of the Coyotes maybe lack of flexibility and taking on money and holding on to salary. Um, And as Craig said, in a flat cap era where numerous teams are bumping against the cap, when you aren't able to take salary back, it impacts the deal. So you have to imagine, and hopefully we'll get the chance to speak with Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong at some point this week, but you have to imagine this was the best offer, um, the best package that he could get this week because If you remember, Bill Armstrong came on our show and sat here and said, I'm fine keeping him through the summer, through the end of the season, and I'm fine keeping him here until the end of his contract. This wasn't this. Yes, he's been sitting out for trade related reasons. That's kind of been a mutual thing between the two. Um, It's not something that Chihikran wasn't reporting. He was still on the ice practicing with the team. Bill Armstrong did not have to trade this player. He didn't. There's still two years left of term on his deal. He he was participating. He was playing um, up until he wasn't, and he was practicing even when he wasn't. Bill Armstrong did not have to trade this player. So the fact that he did before the trade deadline, instead of waiting till the offseason, instead of waiting till next year, tells me from what I've seen from Bill Armstrong so far that he believes that this is 
the best return for this. Yeah, well, there's no question. You look at the teams you're involved. Talk about Columbus at the end, LA at the end, and maybe Pittsburgh rumored to be in at the end. And it all comes down to, and there is no question, Bill doesn't give a shit if you trade it to somebody in your own division. I know there, you know, some teams, hey, we don't want to trade in our division or in our conference. That That's not at play here. So we, that wasn't an issue when trading to LA. It all comes down to who's going to give you the best assets in return. And, and their inability to take money on and take that part of relief on some of these other ish, teams' issues may have put them up against the cap that they couldn't move Jacob Chikrin. Clearly, that changes the pool of teams that are available in, in the Jacob Chikrin sweepstakes, without a doubt. Um, so I, I think that's one of the limiting factors. So I, I, I do, you do wonder if at any point during the last two years when you've talked about Chikrin having his, you know, his, his 18-goal season two years ago, was there a better ask and could he have got a higher return two years ago? Well, I, I don't know because he didn't make that trade. So this is the best deal today in 2023 trade deadline. This is the best deal that he saw coming and he didn't think that waiting two more days was going to help. And he's probably right because as more teams fall out of the sweepstakes, the price has changed because they know how desperate that team is to move that asset. So yeah, with Julia, this is so underwhelming. I I, I don't know what, what I, we, we I sat think- there waiting for this to happen and now that it's happened you're like "Mm." i think because bill armstrong has been so steadfast since last summer since last year two firsts and a prospect or a a first and a a prospect that's equivalent to a first i think it's it's people came in with expectations or or have had expectations and maybe this didn't quite meet with what they had in mind but lucky for us Craig just got off the phone with Coyote's GM, Bill Armstrong, and now Craig is joining our show. So we have actual so facts and reporting right now? <laughs> we do. Instead so of all Craig, our speculation. <laughs> what do you got for us? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just got off the phone with general manager Bill Armstrong to try and get a sense of this. Um, first off, when you look at the first round pick that they got in 2023, it's top five protected. Really good chance Ottawa's not going to be in the top five, right? So remember what I said a while back about the possibility of them acquiring a pick at the draft instead. And if they knew that it was within a certain range, a higher range, they might settle for one first round pick and a couple other things. Well, Ottawa probably falls in that range. Unless Ottawa really goes on a run here and gets in the playoffs, you've got a good chance of getting a pick that is higher in the first round. I mean, they could even jump up like to six, I guess, theoretically, and you could have a really high pick in this draft. But it's in that range where they feel a little more comfortable with just taking the one first round pick. You saw some of the crazy conditions for the, you know, for one of the second round picks, you know, so we'll we'll see if that plays out. I'm sure you've already discussed that. But the other thing here, guys, that that just can't be ignored, and I've tweeted about this and I've said it on our show a bunch of times. People are like, people are just reacting to, we didn't get the two first we want, and it's, so it's a fail. It's a fail on you got to understand the market. You have to understand the situation. And I've tried to prepare people for this over the last couple of weeks that if the Coyotes cannot retain salary in a flat cap era where tons of teams are bumping up against the cap, you might have to modify the situation, the, the deal that you make because teams need to send money back. Well, Ottawa didn't need for the Coyotes to retain, but they're in a position that very few teams are in. So they were able to bargain with that and get the deal that they wanted. That's just a reality of the situation. This is not the same situation as the Chicago Blackhawks where you're like, well, they they should get a couple first round picks. No, Chicago retained a ton of salary. The Coyotes can't do that because of their financial situation. 
that is going to impact the deals that you can make. In a sense, I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's, it's almost like Bill Armstrong has one hand tied behind his back when he's making some of these deals. So, sorry, his job's a little bit harder than Kyle Davidson's. Yeah. What did, what did he have to say, Craig? Did you speak to him? I did, yeah. And I mean, we talked about the possibility of that draft coming high. You know, I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of consternation out there about them maybe not getting this deal done before the draft and it might be a bad situation and what, what happens if they have to go to the draft. I don't get the sense that Bill was ever that worried. Yes, he wanted to get this done because it's been out there for a while. You wanted to, you just wanted resolution to it both for the team and for the player, just to move on from this. But if it hadn't happened, I didn't get the sense that he was like, panic, what am I going to do? Uh, it's, it was just a reality of this situation. And again, there were complications in this deal that didn't exist in some of the other deals that we saw. Yeah, absolutely. I think just the expectations thing is the thing that seems to be getting everyone based on the vibe in the chat, the vibe on Twitter right now. But Craig, you retweeted something um from Puckpedia, which I think is just interesting to bring up because it helps paint a picture of what the Coyotes have coming in the next four drafts. Um, so I'll just quickly read through it. In 2023, first, first, second, third, 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 fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth. So that's the draft picks so far in 23. Then in 24, this is the longest list. First, second, 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 third, 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 fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth, Seven seventh, so that's twenty twenty four, and then twenty five first, second, 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 third, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and twenty six, which is already years out. But we saw that come back in the Shane Gossesbury trade, which we haven't even touched on yet, and I'm sure we'll talk about more later. First, second, second, third, fifth, sixth, seventh. So. Yeah. This is what you do when you're rebuilding. You stock the cupboard full of draft picks and the Coyotes. If you just listen to everything I said, they have that. Craig, you mentioned earlier today, or it might have been the last night show where you talked about Chicago and what they were starting to compile in their draft picks over the next few years. Are the Coyotes getting closer to that now? Because you said last night that Chicago was ahead in that arms race. Has, has Arizona narrowed that gap at all? Well, well, sure. They got another first round pick. Uh, that's probably all they're going to, they're not going to get that other first round pick unless Ottawa does something crazy, but you're at, you're at, uh, what is it now? Four first round picks that they have over the next three years, Chicago has seven. So you've narrowed it, but you're not there yet. I don't know how they narrow that gap anymore with their current situation again. And and I know somebody just said, I think it was blatant, blatantly asked and I just called Alex Morello cheap. And I, I guess you can make that argument, but the reality is reality right now. This is a team that's playing in a 4,600-seat arena. They have a lot of revenue challenges. Javier Gutierrez has not hidden the fact that they are going to run very lean over the next few years. This is what comes with it. We'll see if they come out the other side. That's when I think you can fully judge the plan. If they come out the other side and have success, everybody will forget about this. If it doesn't work out, if it doesn't pan out and you know, you're you're still struggling for revenue, you don't hit on these picks, then we'll be able to judge it. But I, I'm just not going to be one that's going to rush to judgment uh, in the short term. You just don't know how these things are going to play out. Absolutely. And you need to, like you said, you need to hit on the draft picks because maybe the Coyotes make the most of their four first round picks that they have. Um, you know, yeah. you don't know. And that's why we can't judge yet. 
And also they could move up, right? Like they did last year. They, they yeah. packaged picks to move up into the first round. So that's a possibility as well. You just don't know how these things are going to play out. Are we yeah. rooting for the Ottawa Senators to make to the Eastern Conference Finals this year now, Craig? Yeah, it's that or like them <laughs> yeah. bottom out and get six. Like yeah, they right. get, get six. the six pick. That's some lottery luck. But in all in all likelihood, that that draft pick is in the teens, right? So that's what they should expect. But that's that's a good draft pick. I mean, they're happy with that. Is it is it quite to the level that I think everybody had hoped? No. But again, consider the mitigating factors that the Coyotes have that other organizations do not. It all factors into the trade. So if you're if you're just gonna say they failed because they didn't get what Chicago get, I, I, I'm sorry, that's just uninformed analysis. Yeah, um, I want to take a second to just talk about this from, I guess, Ottawa's perspective. And first of all, Craig, when all of this chatter started last year, you know, we've talked about J- Jacob Chikorin having his family's cottage in Ottawa and Ottawa kind of being a team that he he might have been interested in going to. Obviously, you haven't spoken to him yet, so we can't say with certainty what he thinks about this deal. But do, do you think that he'll be happy with this or well, we I, don't know i did talk to his dad i'm still hoping to talk to jacob but i did talk to jeff chikrin he's very okay. happy um he as he said he can't believe, jeff can't believe that both of their kids now live in ottawa so it's, it's a nice situation for the family obviously there's a lot of family up there yeah they're they're pretty thrilled with it ottawa is still viewed as an up, up-and-coming team with a lot of talent so while it's not you know an immediate cup contender which maybe would have been jacob chikrin's first preference they got him to a team that's up and coming and that's a good situation for him. Yeah, you look at you look at that roster, Craig, and you talk about Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk, Shane Pinto, Drake Batherson, Julian Gauthier that they just got from the Rangers, Alex DeBrincat. Like, and you go to the back end, you got Shabbat and Zub, and like this is a young, young hockey team. Like he's he is going to fit in. He's 24 years old, and he's going to fit right into the the mix of what this Ottawa Senator team is going to do. Is he going to help them right away? Well, yeah. But you look at their goals for per game; they're 18th in the league right now. The Coyotes are 28th, so they're they're past the midpoint of offense. Does Jacob give that a little bit of a bump? They're not in the tops of scoring by defense. Jacob's clearly going to give him that bump. But you look at what Thomas Shabbat does on the left side i don't know if they're gonna put two left-handers together they're gonna they're gonna go with shabbat and then follow up with jacob chicken on back-to-back um left-handed scoring threats so it'll be interesting to see how they use them but i think the interesting thing about ottawa is we've talked about this over and over and over is this is what the coyotes hope to be three four years from now with players that are in their mid-20s that are becoming good players that they drafted in-house and are finally starting to make a push to the playoffs. We talked about them being five points out. They still have to jump over several teams. I don't think this is the playoff team, but this is a team that is absolutely on the way up with Detroit and Buffalo in that Eastern Conference. Yeah, no question about that. And let me let me address something else that's out there as well. And I get it. I it I, I don't I'm I'm not necessarily hearing this from Coyotes fans. It's more from external sources where, yeah, oh, here we go again with the Coyotes just trading off good players. They're just pushing the few. This is what they do. This is a, you know, you've heard all the things, poverty franchise, trash franchise. I get the uh, the frustration from outside with where the Coyotes have been as an organization. Um, but again, you can't, you can't judge the current group on the mistakes of the past. They had nothing to do with it. Yeah, the, the total body of work for the Coyotes is not a pretty picture. Nobody's hiding from that. But if you're going to build a sustainable winner, 
you have to build it through the draft. You're not going to build it through free agency. So how do people expect it to happen? Jacob Chikrin, they went to him and said, hey, it's going to be a long, hard rebuild. Would you like us to pursue a trade? He said yes. That, that's what happened in this situation. So he wasn't coming back. So you can't hang on to a player like that. I get wanting to hang on to some, and I think they will. Like, for instance, Lawson Krause isn't going anywhere in spite of all those reports that he might be heading out of town. He's not going anywhere. But if you're going to build a sustainable winner, you have to do it through the draft, and you have to go through painful years. That's what Bill Armstrong has tried to do since he came in here. I don't know if it will succeed, but nobody has ever done it from start to finish with the Coyotes. And that's part of the problem in the past. They've abandoned ship. They've, they've just quit midstream and rushed the process, traded for players or signed players that they thought might put them over the top when they weren't anywhere near the top. This is the way you have to do it. It's going to be painful. And if they don't get a high draft pick this year, if they don't get one of those elite players, it might even take a little longer. Or, okay. I've got a question for you, Craig. Sorry, we're having some internet issues. <laughs> I was wondering, I, you had the longest smile on your face, Leah. Yeah, Craig, I got a question Uh-oh. for you. I got a question for you. As you look at it, let's talk about immediate issues. Let's talk about playing the Dallas Stars tonight. This is a team that had Jacob Chikrin Jacob as their only extra defenseman in last night's game against Chicago. You have since traded Shane Gossespierre and Jacob Chikrin. You now have five defensemen in Dallas unless they anticipated this happening and they brought an extra defenseman with them from Tucson. Are you hearing anything on that front? Uh, they told me they were going to make the announcement during the world, but I do think that they had a sense that this might be coming. I, I don't know if it's Josh Brown coming back into the lineup or if they recalled someone from Tucson that they took with them to Dallas, but I, I do think they have a solution in mind. Yeah, because otherwise we've talked about this team playing 11 and 7 all the time. Like, I mean, 13 and 5 <laughs> is clearly not ideal against yeah. the yeah. Dallas Stars. So yeah. um, overall grade, this is going to be bantered about in Coyotes lore for years to come now and really, really, really won't be – fairly evaluated tell these draft picks all have an opportunity to see what they develop into and to your point Craig they may be traded these picks may be traded for something else even as soon as this season so let's pump the brakes on how this is evaluated your point that you made earlier was the same thing I said before you came on here was this is the player that they needed to part ways with they needed to go a different direction for the player's sake for the locker room's sake for the organization's sake for the coach's sake they just needed to save face, and this needed to happen, whether it was today, tomorrow, or Friday. They needed to make a move, and I'm glad that it's finally done. I'm just curious to see what happens next for the for their other moves. Like, they moved two big pieces today. We haven't even talked about the second trade yet, and are they done? And, and now that that first domino has tumbled for the Coyotes, I don't think they're done. No, they're not. They're still plugging away on Nick Bukestad. Bill, Bill did say that as well. They're plugging away on that one, and I'm Sorry, sure, sure about that, Craig. Are we sure? There's nothing. <laughs> Sorry, no. I dipped out for a second, you guys. Um, too much is going on. Katie is making his son's debut tonight. This chicken trade just happened. Spring training's going on. KD. It was too much, too much to handle. PHNX so, shut down. Yeah, so we I just uh crashed out for a second. Um, but anywho, yeah, we haven't even talked about the Shane Gosses bear trade. And we'll we still have a post-game show to do tonight, so there's a lot more to get to, but just while we're on the subject, um, the Coyotes did trade Shane Gostisbehere to the Carolina Hurricanes for a 2026 third-round pick. I think, again, a lot of people may be surprised about the return, but you think about you know, what they got for him in the first place, which was they got stuff just to take him. Um, so people have to remember that as part of 
what the Coyotes got and his value. And like you said, still working on Bukestad. We obviously heard Nick Schmaltz's name um, in the trade conversation. It's not over till it's over, and we're still two days out from the trade deadline, which is 1 p.m. Arizona time on Friday. Yeah. I, I tell you what. Go ahead, Petey. I know I'm just going to talk about Shane Gossespierre going to Carolina and what this team does right now is is the team that's leading the race to become a president's trophy winner in the Eastern Conference just got better. Um, they bring in Puglia Arby and they bring in Gossespierre. And you talk about two players that help help this club just be deep. I mean, this is a really deep hockey club and that's one of their strengths. They're, they're not making a big splash with a Ryan O'Reilly or a Tarasenko. They're picking players that fit into the lineup that they need. And you talk about Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns. Burns has the offensive upside, but that pair of Slavin and Burns right now is one of the best shutdown pairs in the National Hockey League. They're elite at smothering teams um, on the back end, but you've got you got Brady Shea and you got now Shane Goss's pair. So you've got three D pairs that all have an offensive scoring threat that can still defend. He's Right now, they're anticipating pairing him with Calvin DeHaan. This Carolina team is deep. They can score, and they can defend against anybody in the NHL. This this Carolina team is legit got a chance. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how they do in this in in the playoffs because I don't know if they're tough enough, and I hate to say that, but but um, gosh, they're, they're making some moves that, that make them players that just fit in what they're trying to do in Carolina. So that was my Carolina speech. How about Ghost's first game with the Hurricanes – at mullet versus the coyotes like what are the freaking odds it's nice so, for him right i mean he, he gets to take a little longer to pack he told me his wife was still in the air didn't even know about the trade so they'll, they'll have some time to sort things out because that game's on saturday or friday right? friday. friday friday so is he, he in a, dallas no he's here he didn't he didn't make the trip to dallas yeah he's here so He's here, so he will. He'll have forty. The See, Carolina. I think. I think I got that right. So sorry. I'm assuming. You know, I, I I don't memorize everybody's schedule in the NHL. So I'm assuming Carolina. That is their first. They don't play tomorrow. Do they play on Thursday, Craig? Do we know? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Is it a back to back? I don't. It is not. I, he had it's mentioned to Craig that was his first game with. Yeah, the it's not a back to back. So, yeah. Uh, Carolina plays tonight in Vegas. So they're in Vegas tonight. So they'll fly right after the game tonight to Phoenix. So they'll be here and he actually gets to sleep in his own bed for an extra couple of days. So I think that actually helps in his adjustment. I did contact um, Coyotes PR today and I did ask how quickly they are going to make the Shane Gostas Bear tribute video and will it be ready by Friday? So we'll see if they can get that done. Everybody's <laughs> got to stay up all night making the thank you ghost video for that first TV timeout of the first period. So we'll be on the lookout for that too. The production team needs to get to work. Exactly. Um, I don't, I want to make sure we don't miss it. We did have a super chat earlier. Um, thank you to John for his $5 super chat. And I guess we already kind of touched on this since your super chat, John. So thank you so much. But he said, is Chick going to be happy going to Ottawa? And like Craig said, according to, um, Jeff his, Chikrin, yeah. His Jeff Chikrin, it's it's yeah. a good move for the Both family. kids are living there. Both kids are living there. The uh, grandfather lives there. So it's 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 kind of cool situation for the family. They have a cottage in Arn Pryor, which is very close to Ottawa. So I think I think this makes the Chikrins happy. Craig, do you hope to possibly before the postgame show tonight against Dallas have some kind of a communication with Jacob, whether it's text or phone? Hope to. Yeah, I hope to. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because that would be nice to hear yeah. from what he thinks it, to to finally get this behind him. And I'm sure he can take a deep sigh of relief and just go play. Yeah. Although, although you're, I know in it's Canadian it's market. been a long time since he's been on the ice for a game. So I'm sure he's itching to get back in a in an NHL lineup. And I think 
we're all kind of looking forward to moving past this. Obviously, we're still digesting this. We're kind of reacting live alongside everybody else. But is there anything else you guys want to touch on um, before we wrap up this emergency reaction and then we can process and talk more on the post game show? I think that's all for now. I guess we'll just wait and see. I, you know, I keep what well, we talked about this already. Like, what is everyone going to be talking about on Friday? Craig, I don't recall anything like this in a trade deadline where this many major deals were done prior to the trade and days ahead of the trade deadline. So I, 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 it's going to be a recap show for everybody and for us, for us, and because we're doing the same thing, but for us, it's going to be a deeper dive into what are they, how does this affect the Arizona Coyotes? Not only the draft, it's this year's roster. What does it do to the Tucson Roadrunner players that may fill in some roles here? So there's a lot of things to tune into our show on Friday, and it's going to be all focused on how this affects the Coyotes in, in both the draft and the current roster. But I, I think it's a good jumping off point for this team to finally get this past them. I, I think it's great that with 48 hours to go and, and tonight going into Dallas, they'll have a deep sigh relief. They'll, they'll miss both of these players. They're, they're guys that they they were, they're liked and and they'll feel bad with, with the ghost and, and chick leaving, but new people are going to get opportunities. And I tell you what, this is going to be a loose bunch for the last 22 games. So we'll, we'll just have to keep an eye on how this goes over the next 48 hours and see, are we doing an emergency podcast for Bugie? Like I will, like I'll just come on and do it. Like I might just do my own. I feel like you should do one like kind of in the dark, like in, in your pajamas. Like, yeah, just on my own. Like, like just you're never, sobbing. You're never leaving, leaving the house again. Six pack, a kilt lifter on my side and just kind of. <laughs> Just kind of, just kind of talk about old boogie stories. I might do that, so don't be surprised if, if there's a special edition PD Diehards only Emergipod. though. Yeah, Diehard Die OMG Emergipod, the boogie <laughs> Emergipod. But he, I, I don't know if he made the trip. We talked about that yesterday, but he's probably the next piece to fall. And I kept saying that he was probably the most likely. And if Josh Brown could have stayed healthy, maybe he would go too. And don't forget, there are still pieces on this team like a Nick Ritchie. And I know people say, oh, he hasn't done anything for the last two months. And I would agree with you to take a sixth or a seventh round pick for a Nick Ritchie. But sure, like it, it, the answer is yes. I mean, so there are teams that could be saying, well, we'll take a chance on him. We'll make him our 12th or 13th forward. We know he can score. So don't doubt that other pieces are still going to move that you might not expect. Yeah. All right. Well, lots more to talk about with this trade, with upcoming trades. There will probably be more. Maybe if not, we'll we'll digest these a little bit more. We'll be back live again tonight on the PHNX Coyotes postgame show after the Coyotes play the Dallas Stars. Um, so stay locked in on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification so you never miss when we go live. The PHNX Suns crew is about to go live for a watch along for Kevin Durant's debut. D-backs is going live to talk about spring training. So always a ton of Arizona sports stuff going on here on PHNX Sports. So be sure to subscribe and follow along wherever you get your social media. And for more from us, you can follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes, five days a week of Coyotes content. And uh, we'll be live on Friday at 1 p.m. after the NHL trade deadline to break down any other moves that happen as well. But until then, everybody, thanks so much for your comments in the chat, for, for venting. I think Charles at the beginning said pack therapy, trade deadline edition, trade edition. That's really what this felt like. But we'll talk a lot more about all of this then. But everybody, until then, enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy the game. And we'll talk to everybody on the post game show.